a summer intern is a thankless task, which is why we try to give our interns here at Popular Mechanics as many opportunities as possible to go to free movies, ride in fancy cars, and play with drones. This week, however, we asked our summer intern Andrew Deck to call customer service lines, which is an activity that most of us dread, no matter how bad something went wrong. Andrew learned a few tips for getting to a representative quickly, and then he talked to customer service consultant Shep Hyken about how to get the solution you want. After that, office millennial Lara Sorokonich teaches the curious idiot how to use Snapchat, the guys from the testing table learn how to shave, and Roy and I get in a conversation about stripping, which doesn't turn out quite as racy as it sounds. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler, and this is the most useful podcast ever. Andrew Deck is our newest summer intern and what I have... Welcome. Thank you. Uh Pleasure to be here. Yeah. um, We were talking about this. We were having a meeting the other day, and everyone was talking about how annoying it is to talk to customer service. And actually, on last week's podcast, I was talking to some travel experts who were talking to me about Get Human, um, which is a website that helps you get to a person when you get into a phone tree. I've spent a lot of time on them in the past I, week, I bet so you have. I can I guess say from personal experience. That they're horrible. Yes. So um, basically, I asked you to just start calling customer service lines. What did you, uh, how'd you do that? What'd you do? Right. So it wasn't just any customer service lines, but notoriously awful customer service lines. Uh-huh, sorry. So <laughs> it was a lot of, uh, it was AT&T, Time Warner, Comcast, American Airlines, that kind of um category of okay. customer service okay. the lowest bar did you did you ask them uh kind of you know what do i have to do to get some service around here yeah i was basically like i like posed as being like a new customer mm-hmm. w- one time and it was like i if i tell you like i'm switching from another service will you cut me a deal like when can you like negotiate your bill kind of mm-hmm. um also i was trying to get transferred to departments that kind of have more power to um yeah, again, like negotiate with you Mm -hmm. um, because the front line usually has very little kind of isn't authorized to do that. But if you get uh, transferred to the customer retention department, sometimes posing as the loyalty department, um, they kind of have the real power to uh, broker deals with customers. So would you ask to be transferred to that? Or like, is that is that a good idea to ask to be transferred to them? Or do you just kind of have to get there? Um, You can ask to be transferred to them. But you kind of have to have a real problem. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> Most people probably calling will. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, you need to be able to back it up. Like just because you you can see through their kind of smokescreen of stock answers, like they can see it the other way too. Sure. And of course, they'll never cut you a deal that doesn't still make them a ton of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you like call, if you keep like being per, uh, persistent, you can definitely maybe cut off $50, $100 off your monthly bill. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so you you heard this from a customer service rep or? I heard this from a customer service consultant. Okay. Um, his name's Shep Hyken. Okay. Uh, and we had a chat and he um, gives advice to corporations on how to improve their customer service and train their customer service reps. Um, so he gave a lot of great tips. And yes. what, uh, what were the biggest hacks? So... Uh, First kind of trick is as soon as you get on the line, press zero. A lot of times that will transfer you to an operator. It doesn't always work, but it's worth a try. Mm -hmm. After that, another kind of tactic may be starting off in the sales department. Like regardless of whether your problem is technical or billing, ask to go to sales, 
they have the most kind of imperative to get you off hold as soon as possible. They're trying to sell you. Uh-huh. Um, so you get off and you start talking to a sales rep. And once they realize that you're in the wrong department, they'll trans- transfer you immediately to the right department. Oh, that's a good so, idea. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's also a lot of websites out there that can help. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I did put to the test is something called Lucy Phone. Okay. Um, how, do you, how do you spell that? L-U-C-I phone. Okay. One word. Lucy Phone will call you, transfer you to the customer service line. You can hang up your phone. They'll wait on hold for you and then call you back when you finally get a rep on the line. Oh, that is great. So this way, like I... Um, called like Time Warner or something. There was a 20 minute wait. Um, I just answered some emails and then Lucy phone called me and I was right in line with the customer service rep. Wow, that's great. great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we already mentioned Get Human, mm-hmm. which uh, can provide you with like real time um, estimates of like how long a wait is for different customer service lines mm-hmm. and also has their own customer service um, helpline where they can like give you kind of real talk about <laughs> what you can do oh, okay. um, and avoid kind of the bureaucratic mess of these corporations. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay, so once you're off hold, now now what do I do? So if you're having to call back multiple times, this is a repeat issue and you're not getting the help you need, there's like another set of kind of tips you can, or tricks that you can use. Um, one of them, this is from Shep Hyken again, is that always ask for your case number. Regardless of whether you think that your problem has been resolved, at the end of the phone call, ask for a case number. Okay. And that kind of avoids the um, need to constantly re-explain your problem to every time you call back. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have personally had some frustrating experiences with one of the utilities here in New York City, which I will not name. (laughs) Um, But I, uh, yeah, basically they lost they lost my. you know, turn on power for my apartment sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and they just lost it. And uh, and then, you know, I called back and, I, and they were like, we don't know what, ha-, you know, and it, right. and I had at that point talked to like three different people and I was just beyond, I was, I was like, I don't know how to explain to you that I've already yeah. talked to three people, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> um, but if you, if I'd had, eventually what I started doing was getting people's names, which people will give you their name. Yeah. Um, but a case number, that's a good idea. Yeah, just so you don't get kind of lost in the system. Cool. So, okay. And then uh, what other tips did he give you? This is um, a Shep Hyken gem, in my own personal opinion. Um, and he said, this is definitely um, like hack of last resort. Okay. Um, but it's if you've called back multiple times, nothing is getting done. Um, call headquarters. Find out their number, just like Google it. Find out the CEO or president's name and ask for the president's office. Shep said that he called Best Buy's office of the president, got something settled that he had been working on for weeks and a day. Wow. Um, The trick here is that you can't, again, you can't just do this on a whim. You actually have to have a reasonable problem. Right, there has to be like a human head in your Cheerios. Like it has to be bad. (laughs) Um, But if you request request the office of the president, you're not actually going to get the president on the line. And that's not the goal. It's to get to the secretary of the president, okay. who doesn't want to transfer you to the president. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last Who's thing Whose entire they goal do. is to get you off the phone, Heather. Right, yes. exactly. Okay. And be kind, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think that's actually, just to pause on that, that is a good note always, absolutely. I will say, is um, don't, you know, the frontline people are never 
the almost never the problem. And right. uh, being kind but persistent has always been very Definitely. effective for me. The operative rule is don't be an ass, but be stern. <laughs> right, right. And then you'll probably get what you want. Right. Cool. Well, so do you think you're going to be more, more likely to, um, to complain to customer service? I'm just way too polite a person. I think I'll I'll try. Um, I think the Lucy phone is something I'm definitely gonna take of advan take advantage of a lot. Mm -hmm. But you know, next time I have a real serious, you know, issue. Um, yeah, sometimes or, you can't avoid it. Right. Um, I think my my takeaway is get customer attention on the line and push their buttons and see what happens. For today's Curious Idiot segment, we have Kevin Dupsik here, who is our Curious Idiot. He was uh, really interested in how Snapchat works, but he knows so little about Snapchat that I felt that we should get an interpreter in here so that uh, he could really understand. So we brought Peter Martin, who is a, a big fan of Snapchat here in the office, and Snapchat's people outside of his office window all the time. All the time. Sometimes, when it's necessary. Yeah, and uh, then we also have Lara Sorokanich, who is um, a actual Snapchat user. Yeah. Who actually, you're going to be our expert. You actually know things about Snapchat. Yes, I like to think of myself as millennial in chief of this office. I'm going to throw this to the curious idiot, and I'm going to let you ask your Snapchat questions, and then uh, Peter, if you'd like to make him feel stupid at any time, feel free to do that. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. It's okay. I'm used to it by now. Um, well, so. If I had to explain what Snapchat is to someone, I would say you take a picture of a thing that might be attached to your body, might not be, and then, and then after a person gets that picture, it like explodes after a short period of time. I just want to note that last summer, Peter also didn't know what Snapchat was, and yeah. I believe... Got a tutorial. <laughs> I taught Peter and Kevin what Snapchat was. Our paths so, have really so, diverged so since then. So old dogs can, in fact, learn new tricks, and Peter here is evidence. Apparently yeah. only 50% of them. We should just teach Kevin what it is first. Yeah. You do not have to send any pictures of your body. I have not sent any of those to anyone, which probably disappoints the people that, <laughs> the seven people that follow me on Snapchat. Um, but that's not part of it. That might have yeah. been the original intention. The uh, general uh, urban myth around Snapchat is that it was invented so that people could send inappropriate pictures to each other with no evidence. Obviously, it's progressed beyond that. Other functions that Snapchat has come up with are Snap Stories, which um, if I take a picture of, say, a man washing his window outside of Peter's office and mm -hmm. hanging dangerously off the side of his building. Who would do something like that? People with seven followers. Yes. Seven um, thrilled followers. If I snapped that, I could apply it to my snap story, which appears to all of my followers, and they don't have to watch it if they don't want to, but if they do, they can click on that, and it's not intended precisely for that person, but it's sort of like another form of social media, not unlike Instagram or Facebook. So it's like a picture journal. Yeah, and you throw it out there into the ether, and... Uh, for 24 hours, it'll show up on your Snap story. There are also now brands that are on Snapchat. Mm -hmm. So um, those are things like BuzzFeed, the millennial Bible. Um, those and are that, all stupid. I mean, Snapchat yes. is stupid. So those fit in. But yes. Those are not part of Snapchat for me. Oh, well, I watch them all the time. <laughs> and, I okay, but you do use the filter things, right? Because uh, no, I, I, I think had filters. Filters are for people who aren't good at their Snapchat game. It's too slow for... <laughs> if, <laughs> if you're good, you don't need filters. Maybe I don't understand what a filter is, because when my cousins were visiting, 
they did the face switching thing. Is that like a whole separate category? That's not a filter stuff? though. That's a different thing. That's see that to me is the fun. That's the only fun part of Snapchat. Okay. So wait, are we supposed to? Is this like FaceTime? Are we supposed to talk to people with these things or like well, you can't chat with this? You just like you can. Um, well, what it's turned into is now people will just, instead of texting each other, they'll just snap each other. You can write captions on them and then people will have entire conversations in these captioned Snapchats. Are these like, fu- are these like funny things or do you like text someone, do you like snap someone, like you make yourself a dog face and they're like, come meet me at the coffee shop. Do you do that? No. That's not, the, that's not what one does. No. I think Lara and I are very different Snapchat users. <laughs> I have never communicated with anyone over Snapchat. Really? I think it's just a fun, I think it's a place to make jokes. I don't yeah. think it's a place for me to like text. I text my friends and yes. then I will try to Snapchat something, making fun of the man without a shirt on across the the, win- the I, street from us. I will say like if I need to have a serious conversation with my friends, I'm not like, let me take a picture of my face and send <laughs> it as a snap. But if I'm sitting around in my apartment and I'm like, hey, I'm bored. I have no friends in real life because I'm a millennial. I was just going to say that because you're a millennial. That's the thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Then one might take a picture of themselves with a filter applied to their face that makes them right. look like a cat and then be like, what's up? <laughs> Lara, will you teach? This is too advanced for Kevin. But <laughs> I have some tricks. But opening up the app is probably too advanced for Kevin. Yes, yeah, you told us a trick. So one of the tricks that Zach and our art department actually taught me was when you stick one of the um, emojis on your video and it moves with the video. It gets bigger if the person that you attach it to comes towards you and the video is smaller if they go away. Yes. That's very cool. Yeah, so that is a function, like Peter said, where you can, if I took a a video of Jackie across the room from me and I stuck an emoji to her face, um, if I moved the camera back and forth, that same sticker would remain on her face. And uh, which is kind of cool. That sounds great. And so the way that you do that is you go to your emoji tab and you pick an emoji. And then after you do this, after you've filmed a video and then you press and hold on that emoji and your video will freeze and you can pick the part of your video that you want it to stick to. The emoji tab in to what Jackie was saying before just looks like a little post-it note. It looks like a it should look note. like an emoji, and then you would know. Yeah. See, this is this is the way that we are thwarted as olds. Another another tip: um, when you are writing captions in your snap, usually you can only write one line of captions. But if you go to another application like your notebook on your iPhone, you can type out as much as you want. Um, so if you're Kevin, you can type out the first paragraph of Ulysses and then you can copy paste it into your snap and it will be there in its entirety. Kevin, you're going to, after this, you should download Snapchat. Eight followers. That's what I want. I haven't, by the end been, of today. I haven't been sold on it. I have to say. I'll follow you. I will look at your snaps. I don't think there's going to be any. She'll subscribe to your snap story. She's right by me all day. That's true. I actually already, I subscribed to his real life snap story and it's really, it's exhausting. We're going to take a minute now to hear from our sponsors, but we'll be back with more useful tips shortly. Today on the testing table, we are talking about shaving for men, uh, which I actually have realized recently is kind of a 
problem or it's like something that it's requires terrible. hacking. It's just, it's terrible. It's a terrible thing to have to do. Yeah, I don't think I realize. I mean, obviously, I haven't shaved my face. Is, is that ob- maybe that's not obvious? <laughs> I've never shaved my face before, um, so I didn't realize it required so much uh, thinking. But you're testing a shaving cream. Yeah, and I guess I should say too, to your point, that uh, despite saying I hate having to do it over and over, I also well, I partially shave my face. So oh, so I have you a have beard, a beard, but I have a big beard. I clean up my neck and sometimes like the top of the of the beard also. Okay, and Alex, you shave. I do. I've been through everything. I've been through. $350 electric razors. I've been through Bic disposal razors. I've, obviously, I've tried, I've tried every single thing possible, but, uh, and none, I mean, it seems almost like nothing. There are some that are better than others, but it's so imprecise. What it's are the, totally what are the problems. Like, yeah, what are like the big problems y'all run into? Well, for me, I can't speak for you, Alex, but for me, the main thing is just some variation of razor burn. Sometimes I've noticed, and this didn't used to be the case, but in the last like couple years, my neck bleeds like very easily and even when it doesn't bleed it gets like kind of red and rashy looking mm-hmm. pretty easily mm-hmm. um and often because like the last thing i do before i leave i don't realize it and then i get to work and i look like i've been through some horrible accident <laughs> um and i'm embarrassed do you but do you rub your neck with poison ivy every day that's it's what it looks like it'd probably be better honestly that'll try that might <laughs> be the that. thing i try next yeah um yeah but i think there's just i don't know so i'm curious what you think but i think there's just a huge amount of quality variation in razors and i also think as a person who's lazy about buying new razor blades because whoever wants to do that Mm -hmm. i think they also just dull quicker than i really think about because you don't have to use one that many times before it's like oh i can feel that i'm not cutting with something as smooth and it's hard not to think that is in gillette and schick's best interest for you to oh yeah or it's dull quickly i wonder if they have a how to make razors dull quickly division i'm sure like uh, what is that programmed obsolescence and like yeah and iphones um, Alex, what do you use normally to shave? A Philips Norelco Senso Touch. So it's got these like three articulating heads on top of it, and uh, you rub it in circles on your face, and it doesn't get nearly as close as a regular razor, but it's just an efficient. In the morning, you do it, you're done. You don't have to, you know, ri- make sure you got shaving cream on your face or anything like that. Right, and you don't get razor burn or anything like that. No, not not anymore. Um, so what did you what did you test? All right, so this is something that Phil- so Phillips Norelco they make the one that I use daily. Uh, it's called the Norelco One Blade. It came out, I think they announced it a couple of weeks ago. It's available now. So that one that I use, it, you know, it's a test it's a test sample. It, but it costs about, I think it's like 300, 250, 300 bucks. That's the one you use every day? Correct. This one is $35. And oh, so. And this is an electric razor or no? Correct. So it's got, it's, um, I don't know, it's the size of a, uh, like a tube of toothpaste with a little razor head attached to it. And so what it does is the idea that they've been marketing it as is you, um, you it has these different kind of, it's basically like a pair of clippers, but, and you put little trimmers on it. And, as, you know, I'm not quite on the, I'm not a beard guy. I've never been able to grow a full beard. But the idea is that you can put these different attachments on it to keep scruff if you want to keep it. I think it. Kevin can lend you some beard if you want. Kevin seems yeah, to have a beard. beard. Yeah. I need some he on my cheeks, man. That's the only place I can't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get the neck. I get the mustache. I get the, uh, what is that? Soul patch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's crazy. I'm, I'm actually kind of happily impressed. It's um, got, it's So for 35 bucks, you don't expect very much. And here, So here's the main thing about it. Is you, well, you have it there. Can you turn it on? Yeah. Should we do some live on-air testing? So you, do you use that without uh, shaving cream? Yeah, totally. That's all, all electric razors, is that true? That's ger- you can, I think some you can use with them, but the way I've always done, the way I understand, uh, the way that's always worked is uh, dry skin as opposed to wet. And um, yeah, you. 
So the whole idea behind them is like they're these tiny little slots, with, and underneath those slots are these blades going around. Your hair gets caught in there, and then it shaves it. And the, th the only way you can do it is um, generally the only way I found that you can actually get really close is when you go against the grain. I'm, you know, you've all heard that you're supposed mm -hmm. to shave yeah. with the grain or across the grain or something like that. The only way to do it with a regular razor, uh, with an electric razor, go against the grain, scoop up the hair, and get it cut off inside. So. Um, what this one does is you actually do shave against the grain with it. It's basically this kind of foil that. that kind of goes across and you put it perpendicular to your, where your hair is growing and it just kind of takes it off. It, kind of, it works pretty well. It works pretty much as good as the more expensive one, uh, just from the little bit of unscientific testing I've done. Um, and it just, it, you know, it's lighter, it's smaller. Um, I imagine that, you know, because it's 35 bucks, the head you know, will wear it a whole lot more quickly. Um, can you get replacement heads? Yeah, you get replacement heads, and then I mean, this is where they kind of they're hoping you know they want to get you to subscribe to one specific type of razor, and then you know you just replacement right. heads. Uh, a replacement head, one of them costs fifteen bucks. That's how they get you. Uh, and this is the lot. other thing to know. Yeah, about this is men's. like this is like women's or the, the any of those like he, the however many blade razors. It's like you, they'll give you the razor. They'll practically pay you. Yeah, you to get take it in the, the mail. Razor. Yeah, and then the heads they like they've got them locked behind the counter at the CVS because they cost like five hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's like inkjet. It's the it's the oh. uh, it's inkjet. It's the inkjet printer uh like what's oh. grift grift thank you it's the inkjet <laughs> i was like what's the word the i'm looking for <laughs> yeah. it's the inkjet printer grift all over again um so you use something you wet shave for your yeah you i use wet shave different so i've been testing this shaving cream from pacific shaving company and it's caffeinated that's kind of their the, the thing um it's a, well it's a set of shaving cream and aftershave but so the caffeine, the idea is not that like you don't have to drink coffee in the morning. It's that caffeine actually is an antioxidant. And mm -hmm. from what I understand, actually kind of promotes antioxidants in your body as well. Um, like it complements other antioxidants. Mm -hmm. uh, so they say that it'll make your skin a little bit healthier. And the reason I was interested in, in testing it was that I thought anything that can make my skin kind of like fresher and smoother when I'm shaving, I think will make me cut myself less. Right. Um, is ca caffeine's a vasoconstrictor too, doesn't it? Like yes, it is. Vessels? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's handy probably. Um, yeah, so uh, so I've used it for I think two or three weeks now, and I like it. I also actually just because I was curious if it would have any like coffee like effects. I didn't drink coffee this morning. I only shaved, which is a it's a weird change to my routine. <laughs> You're like usually it's the other way around. Uh -huh. um, I feel tired, but I don't have a, I don't have like a caffeine headache, so I don't know. Maybe it is more than I thought. Um, so you sh if you start feeling headachey, you just like slather some. I'll just yeah, I'll just, put, I'll just rub some aftershave on my forehead. <laughs> oh, so it's like a nicotine patch, so it actually gets absorbed through your skin. As opposed, I thought it was just yeah, olfactory. We actually looked into this. No, so caffeine is it can be absorbed through. Um, it's lipid soluble, so it can be absorbed through your skin. But I mean, they even say like they actually they don't purport to be a replacement for coffee or tea or whatever you right. drink i mean does it say how many say milligrams or anything is in it they don't okay um because there's a fair amount in coffee you know what i mean like yeah there's a lot in coffee quite a bit. i'm sure i'm sure it's like a drop in the bucket compared mm -hmm. to coffee but um it, it's actually worked pretty well i mean so like i i've also tried many things but right now i just use a kind of standard razor with a disposable head it's from it's from harry's um but it's uh you know mac got it for me <laughs> so always, always trying to help us product with editor i know um but it is like a, but it's like a replaceable head, and I haven't replaced it in a while on purpose, thinking like, oh, well, if I just put a brand new razor on when I start using this, of course I'm not going to cut myself. Right. And maybe I'm being more careful, but I like I nicked myself a little bit this morning, but it was less than usual. I, it actually has seemed to shave a little smoother, and I think that my skin has actually like felt and looked better every day. So, 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wow, keep using it. Wow, that's a yeah. lot. Of, that's a lot of shaving success. So you yeah, one. You okay. actually talked to the Harry's guys too, and got a little bit of explanation for prep and for uh, like uh, you told me leaving. Well, it the came along. This on. this all came. This was all filtered through Macule, but he's a pretty dapper guy, so I I take his advice on these things quite seriously. And uh, what they told him, yeah. So they said, I mean, they always say like replace the head of the razor like you know twice a day or something it seems like but it's like, it's like um, flossing but they actually said to try leaving the shaving cream on your skin for longer which i which i've been doing while i've done this too and i do think that helps and the other thing too about this is that this is probably purely psychological but it has a little bit of menthol like from spearmint in mm-hmm. it and that like tingliness i sort of imagine like making the skin open up to that's probably not true but that's <laughs> that's how it feels hey the placebo effect is the strongest uh what do i say it's like the best medicine in medicine I believe that. Yeah. In terms of your your guys' um, shaving tools, do you think you'll use them? I'm definitely going to keep using this, and I've been slacking through lots of different shaving creams, and I haven't found one that I love. And this is, for the shaving cream and the aftershave, it's only $16, which is, like, completely reasonable. There totally are reasonable. far more expensive shaving creams than that. So yeah. um, I'm definitely going to use these ones that I have, and I think there's a good chance I'd buy it again. Do you think you'd buy Alex's? I would have to try it. Um, no, I haven't tried an electric razor in a long time. It's just left whatever the last one was several years ago. I left a bad taste in my cheeks. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, I would definitely try it. I mean, because I'd almost try anything at this point. Yeah. They work when, I mean, I've wanted them to be as good as a wet shave, but they're just not. But luckily, we're in an era in which stubble and beards are more commonplace. So I think the reason that i stuck with them is that you can get away with having a little bit. You, you don't yeah. have to be clean shaven the way my dad had to be or anything like that. Yeah. So I, as somebody who's on the electric razor train, I recommend this. I'm pretty excited with it so far. I'm with a caveat that the replacement for the blades and everything will probably end up costing a fair bit. But for now, I'm pretty happy about it. Cool. Well, let's, uh, let's slather ourselves in caffeinated aftershave and get crazy. All right. Woo! So we're going to call this segment uh, Stripping Tips with Jackie and Roy, which is probably not what you're thinking. <laughs> Let's hope not, yeah. <laughs> um, I have been in, with so much of Roy's help, thank you so much for all your help with this, but I have been in the back uh, workshop at Popular Mechanics for the past, I would say like two weeks, just um, restoring my grandfather's old trunk from when he was in Korea right after the Korean War. And uh, this trunk has been following me around for more than a decade at this point. It's been to nine apartments, which I realized. And I, it's been, it had so many coats of paint on it. It was just, gro- it was gross. And I couldn't get rid of it because it's my grandpa's trunk from, it's actually, I was talking to him, it was the only thing he has left. Other than, in, he has an insignia somewhere, he doesn't know where it is. But the only thing he has left is. His that, old army trunk. His old army trunk. Wow. So um, with Roy's help, I stripped uh, six coats of paint off of that thing. Yeah, underneath all that paint was a nice nice old army chest. It was. So I wanted to ask, I mean, we used paint stripper for this one. Um, what are the ways that you can get paint off of something like yeah. that? Well, that's a, that's a good question. You can uh, scrape it mm-hmm. with a steel scraper. Uh, you can sand it. You can use chemical strippers. We... we uh, did a combination where we used a um, low toxicity 
uh, stripper, 3M Safest Stripper. It's it's very low odor. It does not burn your hands. Yeah, it was actually, I wasn't that scared of it. it no, it no, it's amazing. It pretty decent, yeah. Yeah, I mean, compared to the, the 30 some odd years ago when we were using paint stripper, um, you know, it was not particularly carefully regulated. Um, mm-hmm. It was flammable. It was uh, very odorous. You know, you know what's really funny. I actually remembered this uh, as the in the course of writing the article about it. Um, my I had lived I lived with a painter who was she was an artist, um, and she kept her art supplies in the same place as she kept like her um, like beauty supplies. And one day I, I asked her, I was like, "Oh, can I borrow your nail polish remover?" And she's like, "Oh, sure." And she had forgotten that she'd put paint stripper in a nail polish bottle, Uh-oh. and I used paint stripper to take my nail polish off. Probably took your nail off. It, yeah, it took, well, it took the top layer. I mean, my nails were actually not so bad, but it took the top layer of skin off all of my fingers. Oh my. And I had, uh, like, I, I they okay. were all, like, cracked and, like. Yeah, chemical cra- burns. Yeah, yeah, I basically had chemical burns on all my fingers, and it was the day before I was going on vacation. So the whole vacation, I was like, ow. Ouch. <laughs> I probably could have committed some crimes, though, because I don't think I had fingerprints. <laughs> right. Yeah. So well, if you're looking at, you know, if you're looking to burn off your fingerprints, uh, try paint yeah, stripper. Yeah, dip, dip your fingers in a, in a tub of, you know, uh, high solvent chemical uh, <laughs> yeah. paint, paint stripper. It'll hurt, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, be, beats wearing gloves on your next, you know, second story job. You know? <laughs> next time you steal a car. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, we also, we use some uh, wet or dry sandpaper, too, which is the first time I didn't know you could use wet sandpaper. And you... Turn me on to this, um, it was like flexible wet sandpaper. Yeah, yeah, it's neat stuff. Um, yeah, so we used um, a range of, of grits and, um, you know, dunked the sanding block in a tub of water, you know, to, to level and smooth. And discovered along the way uh, decals from when your, your father was a boy, mm-hmm, correct? Mm-hmm, uh, yep. Decals on the... When he was a little boy, it was turned into a child's toy box yeah. in the 1950s. Yeah, I actually, I got the whole timeline. So after my grandpa came back from Korea, three years later, my, my stepdad was born. And my grandma put, she painted it yellow and put decals all over it of toy soldiers, which I think is adorable. Yeah, it was completely um, adorable. And then, and then my stepdad painted it red before he went to camp when he was 10. Because you can totally see this, right? Kids going to camp, he's taking this trunk. He doesn't want it to have little toy soldiers and bears all over it and be yellow. So he right. paints it red because he's like a tough kid. And then I painted it before I went to college. So that's that's where we got all the layers of paint on there. Oh, no kidding. Well, that, <laughs> that explains a lot. I mean, we did have it was like an archaeological dig. It you know, was. we went we went down carefully, patiently, layer through layer uh, down to and even past the adorable childhood you know, <laughs> decals on there. Uh, so yeah, I th- I think it it just pays to understand, um, you know, especially with wet uh, wet sandpaper use, uh, it keeps the dust down, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't have dust flying mm-hmm. around. I like that about it actually. Yeah, and it, it smooths beautifully um, as the sandpaper loads up with with uh, paint. Mm-hmm. You could dip it in the bucket. And, and rinse it out. And rinse it out. Yeah. So it cut the, the paper lasts longer and it performs better. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like using a rag versus a paper towel almost. Yeah, yeah like that's a good something. Yeah, no, I think it's a good analogy, sure. You um taught me about folding it in thirds too. Oh, that yeah. was another thing that I thought yeah. was kinda cool. Right. What happens is when you fold the sandpaper so that the abrasive is against itself, and this is not 
using a block, just using the, a piece of sandpaper. Mm-hmm. Suppose you, you have to go around a round surface or something. You fold it in thirds so that the abrasive grips to the back of the, the, the paper face on uh, the adjoining side, mm-hmm. I suppose. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would say that. Mm-hmm. So the paper stays put uh, better in your hand. And then when one surface, when the abrasives are shot, you just unfold, and then you use a second surface, mm-hmm. and then you use a third surface. Yeah. So it, uh, a cabinet maker, actually, in uh, Wisconsin showed me that trick. That's cool. He's, yeah, yeah. For a very good cabinet maker, a German cabinet maker uh, in uh, Wisconsin, uh, 30-some-odd years ago. Wow. I've used it and ever now since. And now you've passed it on to a new generation. I'm going to teach everybody I know. Yeah, yeah. There, <laughs> well, there you go. That's our show, y'all. The Most Useful Podcast Ever is produced by the staff of Popular Mechanics and edited by Jesse Wright-Mendoza. We'd like to thank Sarah Bentley and Andy Bowers from Panoply and Popular Mechanics Editor-in-Chief Ryan D'Agostino. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes. And while you're there, leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you think. If you want to read more about complaining intelligently, check out our website, popularmechanics.com. While you're there, you can subscribe to the print and digital edition of Popular Mechanics Magazine for just $13.99 a year. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler. Thanks for listening.